All right. In this episode of the Church Photographers Podcast, the holidays are upon us and gift giving season means new gear for you or a loved one like your podcast hosts. Uh, We're going to cover not only what gear to buy, but how to actually buy camera gear. So keep listening for the best gear and accessories to pick up this holiday season on any budget. But before we get there, I'm Rob Lauder. I'm Connor Strickland. And And this this is is the Church Church Photographers Photographers Podcast. Podcast. All right, man. Welcome back to Church Photographer Studios. Glad to be here. Um, so excited to be back in the studio and yep. recording uh, this new podcast for you, uh, the uh, the comprehensive guide to buying gear this holiday season. Um, and we've got a lot planned. We not do. only what gear to buy, because we're not just like the here's what you need, go get it kind of guys. We're going to help you reason through how to buy gear, how to choose gear, how to select gear, because we know you got questions yep. and we've got um, some answers and some of them may actually be accurate. Yeah. Uh, Covering all different types of brands. Indeed. Styles, everything. Yep, we uh, we consulted the experts for this one. We so did. You are welcome in advance, man. Uh, timely too, because we yeah. have uh, some uh, holiday season coming up, and holiday season obviously has Black Friday, yep. Cyber Monday. Uh, one, you want to get trampled, and two, you want to like tear your internet out of the wall. Yep. <laughs> um, either way, uh, camera manufacturers too, like Nikon, has a huge sale going on yep. at the time that we're recording this. Uh, that should hopefully get through Black Friday as yep. well. Uh, other camera manufacturers often release big sales, big. Discounts around yep. this time, so this is the time to pick up some new gear. We're going to tell you what to buy. We're going to tell you how to buy it. But first, we got some news from our friends. All right, let's talk about photo management. Every photography team needs a place to store and share their photos. And when I first started my team at Summit, we tried everything. We tried Dropbox. We tried Google Drive. We looked into galleries like Smug Mug and Pixie Set, but they all had something missing, and just something didn't work quite right. That's why we started using Fluoro Photos. Fluoro is a central place for growing photography teams to upload, tag, and share their photos. Uh, With Fluoro Photos, you can put an end to rogue Dropbox links, you can grow your photography team beyond just yourself, and you can make it easy to upload, tag, and search your entire photo library. Our entire photography team can upload their photos directly to Fluoro Photos. They can tag them by location, event, ministry, topic. And when it comes to finding those photos, our entire staff team can search Fluoro Photos and instantly find the photos that they need. For a limited time, Fluoro Photos is offering a free church photography guide to church photographers, podcast listeners. Inside that guide, you'll get a church photography checklist for all the must-have shots for any church event. You'll get camera recommendations that won't break the bank, and you'll find examples of moments that you can capture in your service and so much more. So you can get your copy of this great guide from Fluoro Photos by visiting churchphotoguide.com. Again, that's churchphotoguide.com. Dot com, churchphotoguide.com to get your copy from our friends at Fluoro Photos. All right, man. Hey, this is the gear you're looking for. Yep, let's do it. Hey, that was from Star Wars. Or from Tommy Boy. And that was from Tommy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So, hey, we're going to talk about some uh, some gear buying considerations before we get into the actual gear guide. Um, man, one thing that confused me when I first started looking at camera gear was crop or full frame. Yep. What in the world does it mean? What's the difference? So what's the difference between crop and full frame bodies and lenses? 
Yeah, so crop frame, um, crop frame full refers to the physical side of the camera sensor, um, which isn't necessarily just the resolution. Um, so crop or APS-C sensors are smaller than the full frame counterparts, um, yeah. really just showing how much data is able to be captured from yeah. that camera. Yeah, and that doesn't necessarily mean resolution. Yeah. So some some you can have a smaller physical sensor size, mm-hmm. but have a higher resolution yep. than a comparable full frame camera. Uh, so you need to look at the megapixels, but you need to recognize that the megapixels aren't everything. Yeah. Yep. Um, also, that this brings up to lenses as well yep. because lenses are designed either to work on crop sensor bodies or full frame bodies, and whether your your camera has a smaller sensor or a larger sensor will determine what lenses that you get. Um, you can interchange with most cameras and most lenses. So yep. if you have a full frame body, you can set that to crop mode, and it'll have just basically it'll take you know, the full width of your sensor. Use just a portion of it, and then mm-hmm. the image that the lens projects will take up just part of your sensor. Obviously, you get much lower resolution that way because yep. you're losing pixels. Um, the other way it works too: you can take a um, a crop body and put a full frame lens on it, but then the image that's cast on the sensor will be much larger than the sensor. Mm-hmm. So you get the full range of megapixels and resolution out of your sensor, but the image will look much larger than it would on a full frame body. That's yep. called your crop factor. On a Nikon, you get a one point five. X crop factor on Canon, you get 1.6 X mm. crop factor. Um, so let's talk about like why to buy each one because yep. you know there's going to be some considerations on cost, quality, etc. So let's uh, start off. Why buy a crop sensor camera? Yeah, so most of your crop sensor cameras um, are going to be your entry level cameras um, that have APS-C sensors. Um, they're cheaper. Um, Pretty much the biggest thing for your entry-level cameras is the cost, which is why you're going to get one of these crop sensors. Indeed. And then uh, when you start to look at lenses, too, yeah. like you got to be real careful to make sure that your lenses are compatible. Yeah. Um, like when, when I first started looking at lenses, there's like, you know, it's like 50 to, you know, 120 millimeter, mm-hmm. F, you know, 2, 8, and then all these like random letters. Random letters. <laughs> and I still don't know what 90% of them mean. But yep. when it comes to crop versus full frame, here's where you got to pay attention. Uh, if you see a DX on a Nikon lens, that's crop, mm. uh, FX for full frame. Uh, if you see EFS on Canon, that's crop, uh, EF on full frame. Uh, for Sigma lenses, DC is crop, DG is full frame. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. And for Tamron, DI2 is crop, DI is full frame again. Yep. Perfect sense. Well, yeah. Why would you buy a full frame versus a crop, though? Yeah, so I started off on a crop sensor body. I had the Nikon so D3100, yep. right? Um, bottom of the entry-level line for, yep. for Nikon, but it's, it got me through shooting portraits of my kids. I was happy with it. But when I started to go pro, pro like when I started to actually shoot for freelance and yep. shoot for events and portraiture and stuff like that, um, I really got frustrated with... Um, with the quality of images that I could produce on yep. my body. And so it said, uh, went online, I Googled it, and it's like, oh, hey, I need a full-frame camera. So <laughs> um, and so uh, some reasons to buy a full-frame. Modern full-frame bodies generally have better performance in terms of low-light mm-hmm. performance, autofocus, just general image quality, et cetera. Um, most pros uh, will either DSLR or mirrorless will rely on full frame gear for quality and performance. That's you know barring like the uh, large format cameras, and media yep. format cameras um, that the absolute like super pros use. I don't even comprehend any of that. No. So we're not going to get into that. You're probably not going to get into that. Um, yeah, and then also uh, just uh, you know for me it was. Um, as I wanted to produce those better quality images, I knew uh, that I needed that next step up in sensor size, mm-hmm. and it has gone a long way for me. 
Yep. Yeah. So that's the difference between a crop and uh, and full frame. Let's talk about another distinction that's yep. really common, and that's DSLR versus mirrorless. And yep. I just recently made the jump into mirrorless. I did um, too, just within the last probably six months as well. Yeah. So let's talk about the differences, and let's talk about why to buy either one. Yeah. So your DSLR cameras um, use a mirror to reflect the image through the lens um, and into the viewfinder. Um, when the shutter clicks, the mirror lifts open, the sensor captures the image, then it closes. That's what you're hearing when you hear the click, 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 especially when you're in a church service and you're trying to be quiet. Yep. Um, and then your mirrorless camera, obviously, like the name says, lacks the mirror. Um, so instead of relying on the image to the viewfinder, um, is done through an electronic screen. Yeah, so some reasons to buy a DSLR over mirrorless. Um, when I first started, like there was only one, like, one common brand of mirrorless. Like, Sony's had mirrorless and nobody else did. Yep. And so I started on DSLR because it was like, the way to go. Used it. Yep. But now Canon's got mirrorless. Uh, Nikon just went mirrorless. Um, and it's amazing, by the way. Um, if you're looking at this camera right now, I'm on that mirrorless video gear and it looks great. Um, uh, the, the image, not me, looks great. <laughs> Um, DSLRs are generally preferred, I think, by photographers, but mirrorless, as it becomes more available, is changing that. Yep. Um, some pro- photographers, and this is this was one hesitation for me mm-hmm. to get into the mirrorless game, was they prefer the optical viewfinder, uh, yeah. the DSLR. Like, you look through the viewfinder, and you see what's coming out the other side of the lens, yep. versus the mirrorless, where you have an electronic viewfinder, and you see a itty-bitty tiny LCD screen inside of your viewfinder, and it's uh, it's a little... It takes some getting used to. Off-putting, yeah, yeah. at first. But then we'll talk about the pro of that in just a second, too. Um, DSLRs tend to have a long, longer battery life since you don't have all those extra electronic screens going on. Um, and then DSLRs, uh, because they've been around a lot longer, typically have a wider range of accessories as well. Um, why buy mirrorless? Yeah, so mirrorless cameras have become huge for photographers and videographers um, here lately. Um Primarily more for the videographers that are wanting to do both photo and video. Um, your mirrorless cameras tend to have better autofocus and in-house stabilization. Um, so you might not, you you very well could get by shooting video without having to have a stabilizer or a gimbal or something like that. Um, mirrorless cameras are also smaller and much more compact. We're using two mirrorless cameras here in this setup. The locked off shot on both of us, the one locked off on Rob, and then we have a DSLR, which is this camera that's pointing back at me. Um, the body sizes, so if you're just using quick, run and gun, just want to throw a couple things in your bag, mirrorless is going to be the way to go for that. Um, yeah, as soon as I went mirrorless, like I was like, for my, the moment I picked it up out of the box, I'm like, this is tiny. Th- yeah, I paid well, how much for this? Yeah, But then, uh, like, I, I've realized that, like, I, I've relied on my camera bag for so long, but yep. then with the mirrorless, I just wanted to, like, throw it in a little tiny, like, I'm, I'm probably going to get a small camera bag yeah. for it, just so if I'm doing a quick trip out, I don't need to lug all of my gear with yep. me. Absolutely. And then the other thing is that mirrorless cameras have a silent shutter mode, which makes them less disruptive in worship environments. Um, however, this mode um, can cause some banding issues in certain lighting setups. So if you're in your sanctuary, in your worship center, um, when you have projectors or LED panels, keep that in mind. Um, however, mirrorless and shutterless sound working in a worship setting mm-hmm. is is huge. Yeah, and I'll say even like off of silent mode, even just like with regular shutter It's not mode, near as loud. On a mirrorless, it sounds a lot quieter because yeah. on the, um, so there's technically a, a silent mode or a quiet mode on many DSLRs too, but all it does, like with a DSLR, you've got two clicks. You've got mirror going up, click, mm-hmm. shutter going open and close, click, and then mirror coming down. So I guess three clicks. Yeah. Um, whereas you don't have any of those mirror clicks on the DSLR, so you just have the shutter popped open, open and yeah. closed, much quieter. Yeah. Uh, the the silent or quiet mode on your DSLRs leaves the mirror up, shutter closed, and then all you get is the shutter, but you still get that that click. This as well. is, yeah. 
Um, and it, it's te- I find it tends to be a little slower in silent mode too, so I don't get you don't get your burst mode and stuff like that. Yeah, you just switched over from mirrorless from using DSLR for the past. Have you found any real big differences between the two other than shutter viewfinder things like that? Yeah, so for me, like I went mirrorless to go video, right? Yeah, for um, sure. Because a lot of the content that we're producing here, plus some content I want to produce some, with some side hustles, like uh, mirrorless is the way to go on yep. video. Uh, the the in body stabilization where the it's actually the sensor that is is stabilized mm-hmm. versus uh, an element in the lens yep. uh, is super practical and super helpful for the the mirrorless cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, I still find myself like I went out on a portrait shoot last weekend though, and I left my well I I brought my mirrorless because I shot some video too, mm-hmm. but I shot the entire portrait shoot on the DSLR. I think you know for me I still like having the, the form factor yep. of the DSLR. We'll get to accessories, but I've also got a battery grip for my DSLR. Um, and so I'm, uh, I'm probably going to stick with DSLR for stills for a while yeah. since I got both. But if you want a good, like a good dual-purpose body, you want to shoot video and stills, definitely consider mirrorless. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on. Another big question, uh, new or used? Yeah. So like when, just like, yeah, I just bought a car, right? Yeah. And we had to make a decision. Do we want to buy a new car or a used car? And obviously, we're not rolling in the dough, so we're <laughs> going to want to try to get the most bang for our buck. Yep. We went the used route. Same thing with cameras, right? So if, um, if you are considering a gear purchase, uh, I want to encourage you not to overlook used gear. And a lot of times, it's like, you know, used gear sounds shady, the, yep. just like that car. Um, <laughs> A couple of principles here, though. In general, your glass, which is your your lenses, will retain its value, mm-hmm. whereas um, the bodies tend not to. And that's yep. because, like, the electronics in your body, they'll come and go. Like, it'll be replaced in, in another year or two. Um, you know, the the resolution is going to get exponentially better as time goes on. All of those like in camera features, but glass, like literally, for the most part, with the exception of some autofocus motors and a little bit of software that drives that, glass just it's all it is is a hunk of glass, glass right? Yeah. It's it's going to maintain its usefulness. It's mm-hmm. not going to get out of date as quickly. Um, you can go and find vintage lenses and adapters and today for your DSLRs. <laughs> you lose autofocus, but like I've got an old. Um, Actually, this camera right here. Yeah. <laughs> this is yep. my Minolta X, uh, X-G7. Uh, my grandfather bought that, like, new in the 70s. I shot film on it. And, but that lens on the front, like, it's, uh, it's uh, like, su- like gets you, like, super, like, cool vintage vibes but, if yeah. you can shoot with it on your DSLR. Um, some tips for buying uh, used bodies and used lenses. You want to kick us off with some body <laughs> tips? Yeah, so actually almost all of the gear that I have is, is used gear, both glass, bodies, um, but the only thing that I buy new is audio gear or light gear or stuff like that. Um, so some things that I personally look at when I am buying used gears is first and foremost, the shutter count. Um, shutter count on your cameras is going to act the same way as miles on a used car. Um, every time you take a photo, that's a count. Um, so if you're buying a camera and it's a couple years old and it's got a hundred thousand shutter clears or something, I want to stay away from it. Um, I've been lucky. I've been pretty patient when looking for used gear, and I've been able to find some a year or two old cameras that only have 2,000 shutter clicks or something like that. That means that this person almost never used it. Mm-hmm. I go out on shoots, we go out on shoots, and we'll shoot more right. than 2,000 right. photos in an hour yeah. or however much. So to find, so be patient, find the cameras mm-hmm. that have low shutter clicks. Um, that's the quickest way um, to really see how. Yeah, and like local camera stores, I can't say yep. enough good things about local camera stores. Right across from our studios here, we've got Southeastern Camera. Yep, that's Raleigh, my go-to. And we can like walk across the street, we can yep. handle whatever gear we want, um, we can ask the, the pros for 
consultation. Yep. Um, so your your local camera shop will help you find shutter count too. Yep. On Nikon's, it's really tough to find. You kind of got to dig a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Canon's a little tricky on some of the models. You have to use a third party plugin or plug it into your laptop to find it. However, all of that can be done in a matter of minutes. Yeah, and then some tips for buying used lenses. Yeah. Uh, again, visit your local camera shop. Definitely. Um, they'll have a wide variety of inventory. They'll have, uh, like, you know, we walk into our local camera shops, and we got, you know, 100 <laughs> different used lenses we can throw on our body and play with it. Yep. Um, and generally speaking, they'll inspect the lens before they buy it because they know they're not going to be able to sell it if they buy it. Yep. So um, it, it'll be a little bit more reliable than just going to Facebook Marketplace yep. or Craigslist or something like that where you might get mugged, you might get a bad <laughs> lens. Um, literally, just uh, just the other day, a friend of mine was selling something on Craigslist. He uh, showed up. The guy handed him like $400, and it was like clearly counterfeit money. It's like avoid all but, that. Yeah. Go to your local camera store, and they will help you out with buying used gear yep. as well. And go to the local camera store. You can carry your actual body in there mm-hmm. and try it on get some demo shots. I, I do a lot with videos, so they'll let me like roam around with it, see mm-hmm. how the stabilization works with it. And then now I'm able to really get hands-on practice with the lens before I go drop mm-hmm. a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. Cool. All right. Now, now for the uh, the question that's probably going to get one of us uh, a lot of hate mail, or yep. maybe both of us, both. depending on... Rob at churchphotographers.com. And the also Connor at churchphotographers.com. <laughs> or, at it, or just send it to podcast at churchphotographers. We'll both we'll get both it. Get we'll it. both uh, commiserate. Yep. Um, so what brand of camera do I choose? Number of manufacturers out there. <laughs> Everyone has their diehard fans. And so we tried to be as neutral as possible in this guide. We went through and we're featuring Nikon, Canon, Sony and Fuji, oh. not Olympus. If y'all shoot Olympus, see ya. Good not Panasonic. Yeah. There's good cameras within there too, but the, these represent the top of the market for, share. For sure. Um, even throwing Fuji in the mix is kind of like a, a, a question mark, it, yep. but we love Alan, Alan Dragu, uh, who was one of our speakers at the summit, yep. contributed that part. He is a diehard yep. Fuji fan, and he'll tell you why too. Uh, well, we'll tell you what he said about why. <laughs> um, man, just... Uh, Along those lines, though, like along the lines of like camera brands, um, it's tempting to think you got to buy like name brand for, gear for everything. Uh, but lenses, I've found, yep. like I rely almost entirely on third party lenses. So do I. Two big ones: Sigma, Tamron. Yep, my faves. Um, the the two uh, two favorite lenses I have in my bag. Number one, Sigma Art twenty four mm-hmm. to one hundred five f four. It was the first full-frame lens I bought, and the reason I bought it was it was a good for versatile lens. Yep. Uh, it goes from like the wide-angle 24-millimeter all the way to a like mid-telephoto, mm-hmm. super awesome portrait uh, 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 focal length, 105. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's f4 all the way through, so it's not like you know, some of your kit lenses will be like uh, a 3.5 to a 5.6, and yeah. on the long end, it's just absolutely not going to work for in dark situations. Uh, but the Sigma Art is the sharpest lens on my kit. I love it. And it's half the price of Dame Brand yep. gear. Um, they make quality stuff. And then also Tamron's G2 lenses. Yep. So G2 refers to that second generation of image stabilization. So when you're buying lenses, look for those lenses that have, uh, particularly zoom lenses, that have stabilization built in if you're not using a mirrorless. Yep. Uh, because that will make it so you can shoot in darker environments and be more stable while you do it. Yep. Um, but m- my my workhorse and my kit is the 70-200 to Tamron 2.8 G2 lens. Uh, and we'll have that in at least in my uh, my section of the year guide. You can find yep. all this in there as well. Um, 
both, uh, you, you might be like, hey, what happens if my camera manufacturer, Nikon, Canon, whatever, um, upgrades their bodies and we lose compatibility? That actually happened with the Z series when Nikon released the Z series mirrorless with their F to Z adapter, yep. uh, which is like, uh, I initially, if I bought it day one, I couldn't use my third party lenses. Um, but those third party manufacturers have the Tamron has the tap in console, yep. uh, Sigma has something similar where you can just like top. Connect it to the lens, connect your lens to your computer, upgrade the software, and it's yep. compatible. So that protects you uh, down the road. For sure. All right, man. Uh, just a few uh, few miscellaneous gear buying tips. Then we're going to jump into uh, a quick break, and then we will uh, jump into the actual meat of the guide. So here's a couple quick tips um, yep. before we break. Um, number one, man, talk about how to test drive. Yeah, so not sure if you need to buy or rent. Renting is a great way. Like we said, we have a camera shop right across the road. Literally, we can walk outside, throw a baseball, and land it right in the middle of, of their place. Carefully, um, because there's camera gear around. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but anyways, I, I rent gear there all the time. We're going out on shoots. I need lights. I need teleprompters. I need lenses, especially lenses. I would just rent because I'm not sure which one I'm wanting to buy. I don't know how much money. Like I just went over there and rented a Canon 70 to 200 lens mm-hmm. um, to test it out. I had a shoot that I needed one for, um, but I wasn't so sure I wanted to go spend $1,500 on it before I ever ever used it. Mm-hmm. I paid $35 and I used it for an entire weekend. Yeah. So right there, the amount of times that I'm going to have to go on a shoot and for a, for a paid shoot to pay off this lens when I could just rent it for $35 for mm-hmm. three days to really make sure I liked it, yeah. hands down recommend renting. Yeah, I shoot with a friend a lot uh, who, uh, he, like, he, he shot a festival with me, mm-hmm. and he rented a 300-millimeter 2.8 prime lens that would be, like, a 10 grand to buy new. Yeah. Um, yeah. He rented it for the the weekend as well and got some amazing images yep. um, without having to have that upfront investment. For so sure. It's a try-before-you-buy thing if you, like... Camera gear is expensive, yeah. Whether you like it or not, um, you and, and if you want quality stuff, it's going to be even more expensive. Mm-hmm. Having that option to try, I think, is, is super helpful. Now, yep. There's online options too, like BorrowLenses.com sure. and some other ones. If you don't have a local camera gear s- store, you're not out of luck. Yep. All right, uh, look for bundles too. So uh, if you go on Amazon and you search any camera body, yep. you will find inevitably a bunch of bundles, like, <laughs> and for different sellers include different things yep. in those bundles. Here's why it happens. Every retailer, as dictated by the manufacturer, has to meet a minimum at an advertised price. Yep. Like they can't say, I'm going to you know, cut the price halfway on this and, and I'm going to give out the best deals because then what happens? The next retailer, yeah. the next retailer, yep. and you're racing to the bottom. So they, ha- they require a minimum advertised price, but what they don't... Um, what, you, what they can do, the retailers, they can include extra bonuses on top mm-hmm. of the gear that they're giving you for the same price. Yep. And so they cut another margins. They give you some b- bundles. So um, look for bundles online. A lot of them, though, if you like look real close at all the stuff that's in there, it's like, and ninety percent of the stuff not I'm not going to use. <laughs> but when I bought my Z6, it came with a free FTZ adapter from Adorama Camera. And it's like, all right, that's a two hundred fifty dollars thing that got a, that I have to buy anyway. Yep. Or like, yeah, you know, for that camera body as well, it uses the XQD cards, mm-hmm. which are two hundred bucks mm-hmm. a pop. Yep. There are some bundles that included an XQD card that you'd have to buy anyway. Yep. Uh, look for those bundles. Look for ways to save some cash that way. And then finally, phone a friend. For and sure. If you don't know, uh, if you don't have any ideas, I give advice all the time about what I think you should buy. Uh, Connor would give you advice in a heartbeat. Yep. Our advice might be different. Yep. So phone two friends, phone three <laughs> friends. Uh, but first, consult our, our gear buying guide, <laughs> yep. uh, which is coming up in just a moment. So let's take a, a break. Let's hear from some friends of ours, and we'll get into the goods. 
All right. Hey, Connor, let's talk about what we have going on over at churchphotographers.com. Yeah, Rob, we know how hard it is to be a part of a church photography team. We both serve as photographers at our church. You lead our photography team. So we experience the challenges that leaders and volunteers go through every week. That's right. And that's why we're excited to announce the launch of a brand new resources for church photographers and team leaders, churchphotographers.com. At churchphotographers.com, we're building a vault of free resources that will help you grow as a photographer. And if you are a team lead, lead your team well. Yeah, all this and more can be yours absolutely free, but you do need to be on the list. We don't allow just anybody in here. So, Connor, tell them how they can get access to the goods. Yeah, you can get on our list by joining our online community, Church Photographer Nation. To do that, head over to churchphotographers.com. That's churchphotographers.com. Click the free resources button and sign up today. And then once you're in, you'll have access to all of our goodies, past, present, and future. You'll also be the first to know when new resources are available. And so if you want in, and we think you will, head over to churchphotographers.com, give us your deets, and we'll send you those resources your way. All right, so welcome back. Here we go with the actual meat of the gear guide, yep. the gear. Um, because this is audio or video format, you know, we're not going to have links. We're not going to have every piece of gear that we recommend here. So take a moment, go to churchphotographers.com slash freebies and download this gear guide because yep. all of this content is going to be in there and links to all the manufacturers. Um, all of that's going to be in the guide. You can just click. You can order. You can get the stuff uh, shipped to your door. Two days or less, depending on where you order. Um, super convenient. So we've done all the work for you. Um, we're going to run through four manufacturers. We're going to go through Nikon, Canon, Sony, and Fuji. Yep. And for each brand, we've got four. Uh, is it three or four? Four. Four, four tiers. Four pricing tiers. So we're going to say you got five hundred bucks. Here's what you buy. Yep. You got a thousand bucks. Here's what you buy. Twenty five hundred and five grand. Obviously, if you have more than five grand, you probably already know what you're doing. So yep. you can um, buy us uh, something off of our wish list, send it our way, and then continue to shop for yourself. Yep. Um, let's start with Nikon because I'm partial and uh, I wrote the script and uh, <laughs> I shoot Nikon. So here's uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about why Nikon or why Canon, why Sony for each one of these two. Um, and I think you're gonna find out like you know, a lot of it is just personal preference. Yep. Um, there are some objective differences, uh, obviously, uh, but like I, I shoot Nikon because that's what I started on. Yeah. Uh, I've told my story a dozen times. Yeah, I, I was in the yearbook office. Photo editor said, go shoot. He gave me a Nikon D2 and a 300 millimeter prime lens. Had no idea what to do with it or that I was carrying 15 grand in gear. Yep. Went out and shot, and I've stuck with Nikon ever since. So when I decided, hey, it's time to buy my own gear, I knew, I trusted, and I got Nikon. Um, one thing that I appreciate about Nikon is the control scheme. Yep. So if I go to Canon, like I like just like you when you go to my Nikon yep. body, it's like, oh, uh, where do I? How do I change ISO? Yeah. Yep. yep. Super simple uh, functions. Uh, if you are used to one body, can be difficult on others. And so I enjoy the Nikon control scheme, even within bodies though. Some buttons are in different places, so you just need to learn that. Yep. Um, and then also, like for me, Nikon communicates reliability. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like it's a good, solid workhorse of a camera, and that's why I stick with it. Um, and then the new mirrorless options are incredible. Like the Z series has already taken almost as much market share as some of the competitors, yep. and it's only been out six months or so. Um, except for Sony, Sony still They're rules killing the, it, yeah. the mirrorless uh, market share. All right, so here's our five tiers for um, for Nikon. If you have five hundred bucks, here's what you do. You go to Amazon or any retailer. You buy a D5600 with kit lens. And yep. here's why. The 5600 isn't the 
super entry level. Uh, you're not going to be able to afford like the mid range enthusiast entry level camera, but this is a good all around uh, crop sensor body. The kit lens is going to be tough in low light, but that's what you got. If you're dealing if, with a $500 budget, yep. you're not going to be able to pick up like a $200, you know, uh, 50 millimeter one eight yep. uh, with a decent body, unless you buy used, you know, go out and look at the used gear too. But if you want off the shelf, D5600 kit lens, um, $499 right now. Um, that's your go-to. Yep. All right. Uh, $1,000 budget. Um, pick up the next level up, which is the D7500. Still a crop sensor body, but it's kind of like the top end of the crop sensor body. There is one level above that, but this is about the top of the, um, like the enthusiast uh, hobbyist line. Uh, but then pick up a, a Nikon 50mm 1.8 lens um, because that's going to give you that good fast aperture that wide open aperture to get you plenty of light uh, on a body that can handle it uh, that's that would be my go-to for the thousand dollar budget uh, if you got twenty five hundred dollar budgets i got two ways that you can go here um, one i would pick up the d750 uh, that's my workhorse of a camera it's getting to be about six or seven years old now you can find them used pretty cheap um, and there's rumors that it's going to be replaced but that could be in the next like six months or so you don't know uh, but still, uh, Nikon's D750, great workhorse of a uh, DSLR camera. Um, good entry into the full frame realm mm-hmm. as well. Um, so you do have a full frame on that body. Um, for lenses, absolutely pick up a 50 millimeter one. Yep. Like it's, it's called a nifty 50. Like the, the, the 50 millimeters your go to. Yep. Um, it's good. Like, you know, I can shoot portraits on this. I can shoot you know, in the worship auditorium. If I need to zoom with my feet, I can do that. You're not going to get the super wide shots. You're not going to get the super tight shots, yep. but if you can only get one lens, get a 50 millimeter. For sure. Um, but then also pick and choose from one of these two lenses, either, and these are the two lenses that I have in my bag as well, the Tamron 70-200-2.8 G2 for $1,200, bucks, uh, or the um, Sigma Art 24-105 to F4. It's getting hard to find that one. It, it might is. be kind of discontinued, um, but it's still an amazing lens. Uh, 750 will get you there. Yep. Um, all in, you're at either 25 or 21, depending on which lens you choose. Um, for the $5,000 budget, if you got the room to play, uh, I would recommend either the Nikon Z7 body. I shoot with the Z6 because I got it for video, and it's, the Z6 is better for video. But if you want it for stills, get the Z7 body with an F to Z adapter or the D850 uh, if you want the DSLR experience. And then f- for lenses on that one, get the, uh, the the pair between the Tamron 20 to 24 to 70 and then the 70 to 200 because mm-hmm. that will cover your focal rank, focal range length from 24 millimeters, which is super wide, to 200, which is you know pretty close. Pretty close yep. Um, so that would be the five thousand dollar budget, and that wraps up Nikon again. Uh, I don't expect you to, to remember remember this. We've got links and everything in our gear guide, churchphotographers.com slash freebies. Go grab it if you are interested in any of those things or what we have coming up here with Nikon, or sorry, Canon. Yeah, so Canon. Sorry, didn't mean to, to slander you there. <laughs> I know, it's okay, I'll uh, let it slide. Yeah, so I'm a Canon guy. So first camera I ever shot on in high school was a Canon camera. So therefore, the first camera I ever bought was a Canon. Back in high school, I got a Canon T3. Not even a T3, I had old school T3. Um, use it all through high school and then use it for my first year to year and a half of paid gigs when I was in college. Photo, video, um, everything was honestly just kind of throwing things together and hoping it worked. And people in the town that I went to college 
and were paying me. So I kept using the T3. Um, and then as I started landing clients, I then jumped from there up to the Canon 70D, um, which was great. I had to buy a second one because I destroyed my first one, a story for another time. Um, before I switched, sold all my gear, switched over to Panasonic, the GH4s. Quickly after switching, I realized I had made a mistake and have come back to Canon, getting the Canon 5D, and have been thrilled ever since. Um, some people swear by the, the G series with uh, with uh, Panasonic. Some people love it. For me, it, I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to the coloring, um, and that is why I use Canon and Canon glass. For me, I'm partial, um, but it's because of the true color that comes out of the cam- camera um, is about as dialed in as you can get it without having to do really mm-hmm. anything to your shot. Um, the sharpness and then the functionality. Like you said, you love the functionality and the button layout of an icon because of what you're used to. I'm saying with Canon. I love the little dial spin. Oh, yeah, that's the one thing I do miss is I wish I could The dial, dial spin is game-changing. Um, so yeah, let's jump straight into these four categories of Canon. So First, $500 budget. Um, come a long way from the T3. Um, so the, if you have $500 budget, grab a Canon T6 kit. Comes with the body, comes with lens, a couple other little things. Um, that comes in at $399, leaving you some money to then go out and get a Nifty 50. You can get a Nifty 50, a Canon one, for between $100 $125. Um, so this is going to bring you right at that $500 to $525 range. You can find and an extra $25. Bucks, you, right? Exactly. If you're already spending $500, Spend the extra 25 to make sure you get a nifty 50. Yeah. Throw that onto your T6, and right out the gate, you're able to capture almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a crop sensor. It's an entry-level camera, um, but it is a great way to, to get going. $1,000 budget. Like I mentioned earlier, um, I jumped on the Canon 70D. It was incredible. It was honestly the best Canon camera I've had for autofocus. I don't have a Canon mirrorless camera, so I, I, I can't personally um, testify to that, but the autofocus on the Canon 70D is incredible. Also, the flip-out screen is awesome. Not only can it come up or out, it can flip all the way around, so if you have to use it for some reason where you have to be looking Selfies. at selfie, vlogging, anything, it's incredible. Um, that comes in at $799, which is awesome, and then this is also a kit, so you get the kit lens, you get the, the body, a couple other things. Um, and then once again, throw on a nifty 50 to that. It's the same thing. I spent three years doing paid gigs with nothing but a 70D, a kit lens, and a nifty 50. Um, and then by that point, I was able to save up enough money that I could then jump into my next tier, which is the $2,500 budget. Um, $2,500. You have two options here. One of them I did throw in their numerals, which is the EOS R, um, which comes in at $1,799. Um, I have shot on it a couple times. I absolutely love it. Um, however, I have s- switched over to Sony for my mirrorlesses. Um, don't tell Canon. Um, however, the EOS R is an incredible camera, especially for that price for what you get. Um, and then you can get a bundle for that for right at $2,000. That leaves you about $500 to spare to get some additional accessories or lenses. Another option, if you want to stick to the DSLR, not the mirrorless, you can get the um, Canon 6D Mark II. Um, once again, I spent a couple years shooting on this as a secondary camera and absolutely loved it. Um, this comes in right around $1,200, throwing a nifty 50 or for $125. Um, and then if you have some money to spare, um, check out the Canon EF 70 to 200 um, Series 2. They just came out with the Series 3. 
about another thousand dollars. Um, so if you're trying to stay within this twenty five hundred dollar budget, I recommend I would just personally recommend going with the the second series. Yeah, that's the F four model. That is the F four. Though yep. if you go Tamron, you could get the two point eight. eight for yep. around the same price point if you're yep. happy with that third party glass. Yep, definitely. Um, and for me. I'm, I'd rather save the money, um, especially because you don't really lose any of the quality switching over to a Tamron. Um, and then final for the $5,000 budget, um, I recommend the Canon 5D Mark IV. Um, I shoot on a Mark III. This comes in at $2,500. Get another can or a Nifty 50 for $125. Um, now you can get the Tamron 24 to 70, or sorry, 7, 70 to 200, or you could get a Canon 24 to 70. Um, another great, way, great one to have. Um, and then I personally have a 24 to 105 on my camera. Um, great for run and gun shoots. Throw it on there. You can get tight shots. You can get wide shots. You can get kind of everything in between. Um, or once again, look for kit, look for bundles of other glasses. So Tamron, Sigma, Rokinon, whatever. Um, and then some accessories, batteries, handheld straps, and polarizers. Cool. All right. So that's Canon. Uh, again, uh, don't expect you to remember all this. We do expect you to go get the guide, though. Churchphotographers.com slash freebies. Download this guide. Get all these links. See in uh, vivid, uh, full color yep. uh, all this amazing gear. Tell them about Sony. Uh, let's talk about Sony. So I am not a Sony shooter. You are a Sony shooter. So, yep. And so you can uh, you can let us know if Austin here is. Yeah. No one knows what he's talking about. Yep. Um, so uh, our friend Austin uh, contributed to this one. I work with Austin at Summit. He's a very talented photographer mm-hmm. and videographer. He's a Sony guy, and so that's why I asked him to uh, pull this together. And so um, for him, what sold him on Sony was when he uh, was looking at all the you know, the photo and video that Apple puts out in Patagonia yep. and Chris Picard. Yep, um, for sure. Produces amazing stuff. Um, and when he found out that all of the MacBook wallpapers were shot in a Sony A6000, <laughs> he's like, that's what I want. Yep. And so that's why he got it. Um, and then also he's found it to be lightweight and good for travel and for stuff sure. like that as well. Um, and so here are Austin's. Uh, Sony recommendations again. Well, like with these five hundred and thousand dollar tiers, you're pretty much going to go go out and buy a bundle but for sure. Um, I guess it's going to be the best bang for your buck. Maybe add a nifty fifty in there if you can. Yep. So for uh, the five thousand and thousand dollar budget, uh, Austin keeps it super simple. Get the Sony A six thousand uh, bundle uh, for uh, four twenty nine if you've got a five hundred dollar budget, and then get the Sony A sixty four hundred. For a bundle for a cool grand, if you've got that thousand dollar budget, uh, moving up to the twenty five hundred dollar budget again, Austin keeps it simple here. Uh, go to the next level up. I believe this is full frame body, the A seven three, right at twenty five hundred. Get the entire bundle. Uh, he he calls it a killer camera with insanely crisp photos, as well as some accessories that come with that. Um, and then if you want to go up to that $5,000 tier, um, if you've got some uh, cash to invest, here's what he recommends. The A7 III bundle. Uh, also add in a Sony 35 1.8, mm-hmm. a Sony 50mm 1.8, a Sony 85mm 1.8, and then a 70-200 F4. Gets you a ton of glass, a ton of different focal lengths. That 1.8 aperture is going to be perfect for low light. Um, and then paired with a mirrorless, you got... Uh, uh, Heck of a combo there. Yep. Um, and then uh, some specific accessories for Sony, more batteries. Every time you buy a camera, take whatever budget you got left, buy some batteries, you're going to want them. And for Sony, just a note, Sony batteries 
do not last long. They'll last you 20 to 30 minutes um, filming. If you end up shooting 4K, so um, the $1,000 budget down, so the mm-hmm. A6400, I actually just picked up one of those just as a secondary camera just for a run and gun because it shoots 4K and it was 1000 bucks. It's awesome. However, if you shoot 4K on anything, your battery is lasting like five minutes. So either get an AC adapter, which is what we're using on this camera straight ahead, mm-hmm. or make sure you have batteries. I think we just count, I have 13 Sony batteries. Yep. So... Definitely, if you're going with Sony, great company, but you've got to invest in batteries. Indeed. And we're going to jump into Fuji here, um, and we'll kind of just kind of breeze through Fuji, not because we don't love Alan or Fuji, but because in the interest of time. Um, our friend Alan, who if you mm-hmm. were in, uh, tuning into the Church Photographer Summit, you met Alan. Yep. Um, super passionate guy, uh, but also super stoked about Fuji. Loves it. I think Alan's just excited about everything. I think he is, too. Um, and very enthusiastic and um, super... Uh, He's like he's an evangelist in the truest sense of the word. Um, but he got started five years ago picking up a camera. Mm-hmm. And now he does. Uh, he's director of uh, social and digital media at Twelve Stone. He trains his photography team. He's part of our photographer leadership te- cohort. Yep. Um, great guy. Anyway, um, he, the reason he chooses Fuji is he says he's a huge advocate of using what inspires him, mm-hmm. and Fuji does that for him in his hands. Uh, smaller form factor. The mirrorless uh, is also nice. He says you get sharp glass that doesn't break the bank, and he loves the the color from Fuji as well. Um, he says that color science is unique to Fujifilm, uh, and the ability to shoot photo and video at a professional level with one camera at a price that blows his mind, um, that's what he's in for. And so here are the recommendations for Fuji. $500 budget. Again, let's go with that kit. Uh, Fujifilm X-T100 with a 15-45 f3.5 to 5.6 kit lens. Uh, if you got the $1,000 budget, same thing. Keep the kit and go with the Fujifilm X-T30 yep. um, with the 15 to 45 kit lens. If you got the $2,500 budget, grab a Fujifilm X-T3 with a 35mm F2 and a 90mm F2. Um, and then finally, if you've got the 5000 budget, stick with that X-T3. Get the uh, 16 to 55 2.8. Get a 56-1.2. That 1.2 aperture is going to be super creamy yep. and bokeh and also great for low light. Um, pick up a 50 to 140 2.8 and then uh, pick up a battery grip uh, because uh, I, we'll talk about accessories here in a moment. Yep. I don't leave home without my battery grip, especially <laughs> if I'm going to be on a long shoot. Um, so, yeah, that is Fuji. Let's final let's kind of wrap this thing up and talk about if you're not going to buy a full camera lens and, and whatnot what are the stocking stuffers for you yep. for a loved one or for your loved for podcast hosts um these are some of the some of the accessories that we use on a day-to-day basis yep. i just like literally dumped out my bag here on the table yep. and we're gonna go through some stuff we got some other recommendations that'll be in the gear guide specifically as well and again links to all this stuff um, so you can just go and like, oh, hey, you got that photographer friend and he needs some stuff. Get the gear guide, click the button, get the stuff, get it out to him quick, uh, save face and make a photographer happy. Yep. So, um, man, uh, Connor, why don't you start with some accessories and then I'll jump in uh, with mine and then we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah. First and foremost, batteries. Like I said, these are Sony batteries. I've got 13 of them for my Sony. I've got another four to six for my Canon. Um, definitely make sure you have enough in there. You never know if a shoot's going to run long. And then my go-to accessory is an SD card holder. Um, this is made out of like the same material as a Pelican case, so it's almost indestructible. You open it up, you can have SD cards over here. You can have other size micro SD, um, the ones that you say you use in the Nikons now. Um, all of that here, you fold it up. It keeps them nice and tight and secure. It locks, and I can throw this against the wall 
well, I'm not going to do it. Well, and my cards that. are going to be safe. So that is my go-to. I got it for like $4 on Amazon. Yeah, indeed. And I've uh, since I've gone to multiple bodies and multiple card formats mm-hmm. and stuff, I've been car- literally carrying, carrying my SD cards around in my pocket. Yeah. I know it's going to absolutely ruin them. So I'm $4. Yep. So if you need something to buy me for Christmas, yep. I'm looking at you, not that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll. Um, I'm about to say I can give them your address, <laughs> but uh, not all. Please don't do that. that. <laughs> all right. Cool. So I've got a handful of stuff here too. Um, I'm also going to be mindful that we are on video, but if you're not watching on video, uh, you got to use your imagination. Um, If you tuned into the summit, you saw the tri-lens. This is my go-to lens holster. Basically, it's a uh, belt clip with three uh, camera mounts on it. It comes in Fuji. uh, No, not Fuji. It comes in Sony, Canon, and Nikon. Sorry, Alan. Uh, I got you. Sorry, Alan. I got Fuji on the brain. Um, Does not come in Nikon Z. That is a downside, but I use uh, I'm using my D750 yep. for my portraits, so this is where I'm still going to. So basically, I'm, if I'm shooting with one body, I've got all my lenses on my hip, um, and then I can just pull one off, put it on. Super incredible. I have not found a better solution nope. to solving the how do I shoot with multiple lenses problem than the free FRII Designs tri-lens. Um, Pick that up at freedesigns.com, I believe, or get that gear guide. There'll be a link to you if, uh, if I'm lying to you there. <laughs> um, I also mentioned battery grips. So I've got a just an off-brand battery grip here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not def- it's definitely not the quality of a Sony product or a, man, I don't even know what brand I'm shooting <laughs> with anymore, uh, a Nikon product, but it gets the job done. Basically, you open up the tray on the side. Inside, you store an extra battery, and that way uh, the, the external batteries use it up first, then yep. your internal battery. So if I am on a long shoot, um, I get two batteries in there. I get twice the shooting time, and I don't need to worry about yep. my camera going dead in the middle of a shoot. Um, also, an essential is like never, ever use the stock strap that comes with Please your camera. Don't. Um, you look like a fool, and it's going to like turn you into Quasimodo because it's going to hurt your neck. Yep. This one right here, Black Rapid. Uh, I think this is the Black Rapid, one of the classic retro series. Um, my fave goes across your body. Camera uh, rests on your hip uh, opposite of my tri-lens, and so I've got kind of like that quick draw going on. I've got lenses on one side, camera on the other side, and I'm not having like the camera just you know, particularly like with a 70 to 200 oh, sticking out yeah. from in front of you. Uh, you look like a doofus. Yep. Um, and it's uh, terribly uncomfortable. So get a good strap. A couple other quick things. You mentioned batteries. That's on my list too. Yep. Uh, get uh, get name brand batteries whenever you can because that is one thing where you do find a quality difference. You definitely I've do. got some knockoffs and they ma- maybe last 60% of the yep. time that my uh, name brand Nikon batteries will last. Um, and then just another thing that I have in my kit that I think is unique is the uh, Cactus Speedlight. Um so if I'm doing a portrait shoot and I need a little bit of extra light, obviously you don't use these in your worship auditorium nope. during worship. Don't be that guy or gal. Don't use flash in the auditorium. But if you are on a shoot and you need a little bit of extra light, these things are, uh, you know, the, the value of a speed light is that it's tiny, it's compact, puts out a ton of light, super fast. And the cactus model I love because it's, it comes with, a, you can, well, you buy this um, wireless trigger. There's no need to buy a wireless remote for the, Speed light because yeah. it's all built in. Um, I can set my speed lights, you know, up to I, I don't even know how many of them, uh, a ton of them. I've got yeah. three. Um, I set it to channel A, channel B, channel C. I control them all right from my camera using the transceiver. Um, I can and I can turn them on and off from here. I can have my full power uh, main light. I can have a rim light coming from the back at half power, and then have a gel, you know, color on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, all wireless, all remote. 
amazing. Love it. And with speed lights, you have battery needs too. I get just Amazon basic batteries. Yep. I buy these things at 48 at a time uh, or more, and I just carry like a, a Pack box of, of batteries yep. with me wherever I go. Man, that's a lot of gear. <sighs> yeah, that was awesome. What happens if you got through this and you don't remember what we talked about? Well, lucky for you, you can go to churchphotographers.com backslash freebies. That is churchphotographers.com backslash freebies, and you can download this gear guide. Get the gear guide. Get it now because, you know, holidays are coming up. You yep. don't want to be caught unawares. But if you are, we've got your back. Again, links to every product at multiple retailers. Most of them's on Amazon Prime. They'll be there in two yep, days. Indeed, or less. Or less. Um, look like a hero. Be a hero. Get the gear guide. Um, as we're wrapping up, as always, we love to hear from you. So a couple ways you can get in touch with us. One, leave a review on iTunes. We just got a new one this week, and it touched our hearts. I don't have it here handy. Otherwise, I would read it to you. Um, but we love to hear your success stories. Uh, find us online, uh, either on Instagram or Facebook, at Church Photographers. Um, and then if you have uh, – we, we've got a mailbag episode coming up, too. We so do. if you have questions that you want answered on the podcast, we're going to stream that one live. December too. 17th. On December 17th. Uh, now we are committed, I guess. Uh, I guess we uh, are. Time to be announced. Um, <laughs> podcast at churchphotographers.com. We'll get you that email straight to us. We will uh, pull those questions and answer as many as we can on that episode. All right. So that's all we got time for. Looking forward to hearing from you next time. And uh, this is Rob and Connor out. All right, Connor, before we go, I want to tell our listeners about our production sponsor, our friends over at Simple Church Co. And I can say uh, genuinely here that they are our friends because, Connor, you are my friend and you are the mastermind behind Simple Church Co. So how about you give them the pitch? Thanks, Rob. Simple Church Co. is on a mission to make church marketing, well, simple. We offer a unique pay-as-you-are-able model, allowing us to work with any church, any size, and most importantly, any budget. You aren't paying for our services. Instead, your, your contribution is helping your brothers and sisters spread the gospel. And that's awesome. I, I so appreciate the work that you're doing to serve the church. Uh, and so if our listeners are interested in working with Simple Church Co., how can they find out more? To learn more about Simple Church Co., please visit simplechurch.co. Once again, that's simplechurch.co. That's simple.